We begin today's Shur seven lines from the top of Daf Nun Dalit. We started the new parak uh, at the end of our previous Shur, and the Mishnah set the theme that the Kenyan of Yibum, the marital arrangement or the uh, marriage between Yavam and Yavoma, is accomplished through intimacy, even if there is no mitzvah intent during that union between surviving brother and widow of a deceased brother. The Gemara at this point wants to uh, find sources for that. Hence the Gemara asks, Mino Hanimili the Tonu Rabbonan. What is the source of that which was taught? That all kinds of intimacy uh, even without specific mitzvah intent are effective in concretizing the Yibum marriage. The Pasuk says, Yavama Yavoy Aleha, mitzvah. That means that the choice of Yibum over Chalitza, Chalitza is the process whereby we release the widow from the uh, restriction or uh, being uh, restricted to the Yavam and enabling her to marry anyone she should desire. So we choose Bia as the better option, in other words, that the brother in law should marry the sister in law over freeing her to marry someone else. Dovor Acher, Yavama Yavo Another drosha, another approach to this Pasuk is that when the Pasuk says the Yavam comes upon her, they, you, they uh, unite through intimacy, regardless of state of mind. Whether it be unintentional, whether it be with uh, uh, frivolous intent or harlotry in, in mind, as we call znus, whether it be beyond control or be it willingly. The Gemara asked, how can you take the same Pasuk, Yavomo Yavu and have it serve as a source for these various types of mindset when the Pasuk was already used to teach me the mitzvah, the ho'afikte, the mitzvah, which we saw at the beginning of this source where we said that the Yavom confronted with two choices, either marry her or release her, better to marry her. And that's what was derived from the verse. The Gemara's answers. La mitzvah, that particular point of choose yibum over chalitza mivim lo nafka, where the pasuk presents it as a as a second choice that if the man does not want to marry her, then they do chalitza However, if he should desire, which is the first choice, then he should do yibum. He should have intimacy and thereby acquire her, marry her as his wife. The Pasuk of Yavoma Yavoy Aleha, that is to teach me all the different types of intent or lack of intent are still effective. Tanya Idoch, we have another Tanaic source. Yavoma Yavoy Aleha, Kedarka. Velokha equals Shalom Kedarka. Vivein. The Yivmo, the Pesach actually says the Yivmo with a hey at the end of the word, 
which we learn Baal Korcha. So in this source there were a number of different points and the Gemara will go over uh, these points as we go on in the Gemara. However, the source told us at the outset Yavama Yavu Alel means that if they cohabit Kedarka with the, the normal way of man, male-female cohabitation in the, we'll call it the style of reproduction that is effective and Velocha means that even literally, and he takes her, that indicates even if he has relations with her in the, the non-procreation fashion through the, called the other orifice, nevertheless, it is effective in creating the Yibum bond, the, or the Yibum marriage. And the Yibam indicates that the only method of truly establishing the Yibum marriage is Bia, Gomeres Ba. Intimacy is what does it. The Ein Kesef Ishtar Gomer Ba, as opposed to other marriages, between a regular man and woman that are unrelated to one another, unconnected, where you can offer, man offers woman money, or through a document, they can establish their marital status. In the case of Yibum, it's on a Torah level, only through intimacy. And the hey at the end of the word, the Yidmah, indicates even against her will, even against the widow's will, the Yibu marriage is established. And this, by the way, is in, again in contrast with standard marriage where the woman has to accept. It can't be against her will. Against her will is known as rape. Omar Mar. Here's a quote from that which we saw uh, above. We have a little arrow on the side with which you can align this quote from where it originally was seen. Dover Acher, Yavomo Yovo Aleho. Was uh, was it not so that we just saw in this most recent source that it was used for uh, telling me that through normal relations they established their Yibo marriage. The Gemara says that point is learned from somewhere else. Hahu the Pesach describes the purpose behind Yibum in order to establish the, literally, the name or the memory or the continuity of the deceased brother who left no children. So the hope is, is that through marriage uh, with the surviving brother, the widow will produce children. And from that we see that Yibum is accomplished the Mokom Shemekim Shem through the, the female bodily orifice through which that becomes possible. And that's what we call Bia Kedarka. The Chiyosa Kra, the Pesach of Yavama Yavo Alel, was, as we saw earlier, Bein B'Shogeg, Bein B'Mezid, Bein B'Oynes, Bein B'Ratzam. So as we look over the, the uh, last few lines of the Gemara since we're at the beginning of the Shir, so you can see that the Pesach Yavama Yavo Alel was thought to teach me uh, three different things. When in fact, at the end of the day, it's only teaching me one point, that is mitzvah. As far as the other uh, limudim are concerned, uh, the Bein B'Shogeg... Uh, actually, let, let me correct that. The true use of Yavama Yavo Alel, that is from 
that is for bein b'shogeg, bein b'mezid, bein b'onis, bein b'ratzon. As far as lemitzvah is concerned, that's from v'im lo yachboitz ha'ish. And as far as uh, kedarka is concerned, that's learned from lahokim lo'achiv shame. Kufa, Omar Rav Yehuda. Now this is a quote from that which uh, we had seen at, uh, at the end of our previous shiur, where Rav Yehuda said, and this is a you can see this is a quote from the top line that we uh, by using the uh, arrow you can align this with the regular arrow at the top. So Rav Yehuda taught us that in a sleeping state a man who has a kishri erbo, he has an erection and he actually bonds uh, uh, in, in intimate fashion with the Yavama but while he is asleep that does not create a Yibum marriage Gufa, Omar of Yehuda Yoshen lo kona b'yavimtai the Omar Kra the Pesach says Yavama yavoya leha ad demechavein lo l'shem bia that the marriage is not uh, consummated unless he has this level of intent meaning that he has intent for intimacy as far as what we discussed earlier all kinds of uh, uh, non-marriage intent that is not binding but in all those cases there was an uh, uh, there was an intent for the act of intimacy while sleeping you lack even that minimum level of awareness the Gemara asks, Tanya, but do we not have a source that says Bain air, Bain Yoshin? Whether awake, air is awake, or even sleeping. It says sleeping in that state it does nevertheless work. The Gemara says, Ema, Bain, Eira, Bain, Yeshena. The emphasis is on the woman. This is in the feminine form of speech, where if even if the woman is asleep, that is not that's not a binding factor. The evil marriage is still concretized because he was awake. Vahatanya bain er hu bain yoshen hu bain era he bain yesheno he. Well, in this source, you, uh, you see all both genders are alluded to, and the main problem is from that which we dashed underlined, where yoshen hu, the source is saying whether he is awake or even if he is asleep, it works. So, how do we resolve that with Rav Yehuda, who says yoshen lokana? The Gemara answers. This Tanaic source that uh, gives credence to uh, a, bond, a, a bonding or a marriage while sleep, that's Bimisnamne. That's in a state of dozing, not actual full sleep. Hechi domi misnamne. What is a. How, how can we describe that state? Omar Rav Ashi, Nim Volotir, Nim Tir Volotir. He's dozing, that's nim is to be asleep. So he's asleep, but not really asleep. Tear is to be awake, but not really awake. Kedon de koru oni. It's an example of that of you. You call out the uh, person's name, and he, he answers. He answers, he responds to hearing his name. But if you ask him something while he's in that state of uh, consciousness to uh, explain something to you, to uh, say something that requires explanation, he won't be able to do it. But midkaru means to remind him. Uh, but if you remind him of something that was said, so that he will be able to do. That's as far as a literal translation is concerned. But for our purposes, what we're describing 
is a state of partial awareness. Well, if a man is in that partial state of awareness and he conducts intimacy, that is enough. If he's fully asleep, that's what Rabbi Yudah was talking about. Yoshem loy kanabivimto. It doesn't acquire, it doesn't concretize the Yibum marriage. The Gemara, as it goes on, is a new point, uh, something that had been seen at the end of our previous year. We have a little star to the side of the Gemara text. You can align it with the star above. We also have a topic heading on the side. Nofal min hagag veniska bivimto. A person who had uh, achieved the state of kishui ervo, uh, the male erection, fell off a roof and landed in an intimate position with the Yavoma who was down on st- at street level. Gufa, Omar Rabba, Nofa Minagag Viniska, person fell off a roof and that resulted in the, uh, the intimate insertion, Chayov Barbo Dvorim. The result of that is, is that there are four uh, forms of tort compensation that must be paid. Uh, and they're listed, if you just skip three words, they're listed Benezek, Bitsar, Bishevis, Beripui. The uh, brackets, as we just demonstrated, helps to uh, make the reading a little smoother because the reference to the Arbudvorum is as we just demonstrated with the uh, numbers one through four. Also, before we go on with that, we skipped the expression Lokona. We also knew that if he ended up uh, together with the Yavoma as a result of falling off the roof, it does not uh, acquire in the case of a Yibu marriage. It doesn't cause that Yibu marriage to be realized. So the four things that were mentioned by way of tort law, uh, uh, Nezek is damage, Sar is the pain, Shevis is the unemployment, and Ripoy, medical expenses. Avol, Boishes Lo Mechaev, in other areas of damage where a person uh, damaged someone else and they experience embarrassment so a payment is made, made compensation is made that's called boishes boishes literally means embarrassment so they call it the embarrassment fee or payment in this case that is not paid the omar it has been said that the obligation to pay for boshes for paying for uh, embarrassment caused to the victim is not to be paid until there was some type of intent. Here a person fell off the roof. He didn't have any intention of causing any harm to the person below. So that in a, as a result of uh, damage caused through situa- a situation like this, boshes is not paid because of what the Gemara just said. There's no chiyu boshes atsha yiskavin until there's some level of uh, intent. Amar Rava, niskavin lehatiach bekoiso vehitiach biyavinto lo kona. If a person had uh, intention to, uh, we'll call this do this uh, sexual act uh, with a wall, and instead of uh, uh, inserting himself into the wall, he ended up inserting himself into his sister-in-law, the Yavoma. Well, that it does not acquire. However, if someone had an intention, uh, as unpleasant as this may sound, but that's what the Gemara is describing, someone who has an intention to have some type of intimacy with an animal, and he ends up doing it with the Yavoma, 
uh, it, it works. She is acquired. The Yibo marriage is accomplished with that. That is an act of, uh, that involves <coughs> intent, intent to accomplish intimacy. The um, act done with a wall is not called Bia, that's not called intimacy. Might be some kind of other uh, immoral kind of behavior, but it's not an act of Bia. Uh, <coughs> We call it a, a sexual act. However, that which would have been done with an animal, and it turns out that he did it with the woman, with the sister-in-law, since the original intent was with an animal, that is called bioth. Echon hama'are. Now we have a sugya that is uh, quite involved, a great, great amount of detail here, and the topic heading with which we open this gemara is minayin lehara min haTorah. Our Mishnah made reference to Echad HaMa'arav, Echad HaGomer. Gomer is literally is to finish off. It's a more complete level of, of insertion, male insertion. Ma'ara is less. Now exactly what these are, it depends on what uh, opinion we end up citing. There are a number of different approach to this matter. So the the Gemara opens up with this question of from where do we know that hara, that partial contact, is considered, halachically speaking, with almost no exception, there is one exception, but halachically speaking is considered full insertion, full uh, intimacy. The uh, immediate topic is, of course, cons- consummating the evil marriage. However, this issue has ramifications, as the Mishnah indicated, with regard to forbidden relations as well. What, what does one have to do in order to be considered violating on a Torah level, uh, we'll, so we'll call it the sexual intimacy, with a forbidden woman? We say forbidden woman, that will include a woman that is prohibited to the man to the tune of a lav, a negative command, and there are more serious types of offenses that were in the realm of arayas, where the punishment is kores, or even possibly court execution. But all of these different cases involve intimacy. What defines intimacy? Let us uh, be a little uh, we'll be concrete for a moment. Uh, let's say a man kisses a woman. Well, the, the, the halacha does not condone a man kissing a woman other than one's wife. Uh, as far as other kinds of relatives, there are some that we might accept, overlook, uh, or tolerate, we'll say, but in most cases, they, that would be strictly forbidden. However, to suggest that there's a, uh, a, a chorus penalty or a court execution based on a man kissing a woman, a, a forbidden uh, a woman, that's not the case. It's it's forbidden, whether it's a prohibition on a Torah level or on a rabbinic level. That itself is a discussion uh, that d- deserves separate attention. But that's not uh, that's not intimacy. That's not uh, uh, say sexual connection. So what defines intimacy <coughs> is what we are going to be preoccupied with. And we, as we said before, just repeating, I'm just repeating here that 
even if it's not a full male organ insertion, nevertheless, the uh, Avera, the prohibition, is violated, and that, as we said, and carries with it all the penalties that we described before, as well as the possibility of establishing a Yibum marriage. Note, by way of markings, we have a long point, Omar Ula. Uh, we also, by the way, have a little <coughs> note, a double-starred note. Let's read that note together. Simanu Nikuda Ruka. We have used a long point marking. Laharois Oirech Hachipus we're trying to show the, the length of the search for a source that partial uh, insertion is considered full-fledged contact. The Gemara. Omar Ula. Minayin la'ra minator. From where do we know in the Torah that ha'ra is considered a, a full form of intimacy? Shinemar. Now, we have uh, a numbering system, Roman numerals 1, 2, 3, and we'll make reference to the different sukkim later on in the course of our discussion, so it's important to note the, uh, how we've highlighted the different sukkim. So, Shinemar, V'ish asher yishkav es isha dava, v'gila aser vasa, es mekaira he'era. The Pesach refers to a man uh, cohabiting with a woman while she's experiencing a female uh, blood flow. And in describing that, you see that uh, his, his, uh, the word he'ora is used. Nikan la'ra minatora. So from here we see that uh, even something that's not full-fledged uh, sexual insertion is nevertheless considered as such. Ashkecha Nida. Well, this Pusik, as we said, refers to the woman experiencing her monthly flow, which we call the Nida. So, in the case of having relations with her, so the Haura form of relations is considered a violation. Sha'arais Minai, from where do I know other forbidden women that the same thing would apply? But now, here is a new uh, marking structure. The, under the Mivneh heading on the side the trapezoid shape is featured this is a ma'akav an attempt to keep track of a back and forth type discussion the narrow part of the trapezoid or volcano shape when it's facing upwards that is considered a raya a proof to what we're seeking right now and the inverted uh, form pircha it's an undoing a challenge a refutation yesh lehoir we want to point out shechipus the search for this continues till the next Omid of Gemara. Even though the, the Gemara in the course of discussion will highlight three Psukim, and we mentioned this before, the Seifah Shadabra at the end, however, call Arayas Nilmadu the Posuk Aleph, means the first Posuk, Aposuk Shalnida. Uh, after all is said and done, we're going to be learning from the first posuk, the posuk that we cited with regard to Nida. We'll find what the other psukim were actually teaching us. So at this point, we're looking for a source that 
Ha'ora, partial insertion, is considered uh, full-fledged contact with regard to other forbidden women, the other Arias. The Chitema, the Gemara continues, third wide line with the upright trapezoid. Nelef mini, though you might say, let us learn from the let Nido serve as a precedent. No, Nido cannot serve as a precedent. Ma Lenido Shekane Metama is Boyala. The Nido has a stringency that you don't find uh, in other cases, and that is that after, uh, as a result of the intimacy with the Nido, she imposes Tuma, ritual impurity, upon the man that entered her. Ella Asya let us derive by other arayas from the case of uh, what the Torah says about a, a man having intimacy with his brother's wife a man who attempts to bond with the wife of his brother he. literally the person says she is a nida well, that means she's a menstruant. Is that true that one's brother's wife is always a nida? That's absolutely untrue. Part of the month a woman is nida, part of the month she's not. The use of the word nida is a, we'll say it's a borrowed expression. It's to say that the aishis achiv, the wife of one's brother, is like a nida. Just like intimacy with a nida is violated even with the partial insertion so too that is the case and, and this is an example of other arayas that's what we think right now that, that Ashes ach, wife of brother is an example of a forbidden woman and we learn from the presence of the word nida in that context that ha'ra just like by actual nida is a violation, so too by other arayas. Challenge, pircha. Ma li you can't learn from eshesach. Shekane biyodoi lerabois. The uh, nature of eshesach, uh, brother's wife, it's a type of uh, relation, type of relative that can, that it's in his power to increase, to multiply. The Eboi, Makadish Vazil Ki Alpha. If he should so desire, he can marry a thousand women, making many Ashes Ach women. The uh, Rashi says, She came Biodo. Rashi is a little less than halfway down the Rashi commentary. He says, She came Biodo, Shel Odom, the Rabbis Noshim Harbe, Al Ochiv, the Isur Ashes Ach. It's a kind of relative that can be multiplied. So that is unique to a shesach, as opposed to a, a mother. One has only one mother. It's not something that you can increase. A sister is a is something that she is your sister. You can, the person cannot make more sisters. It's not in a person's power to do that. But a uh, shesach, if a man decides to marry more and more women, all of those women that are married to your brother are an a shesach. So it, it's a different situation, not similar to other arayas. Elo, asyo, me'achois, av, v'achois, ein. Let us derive that he'aro is a form of, um, is, is, is re- recognized as a complete form of 
of uh, intimacy from what the Torah says about father's sister, mother's sister. Tehtiv. Ve'ervas achos imcha ve'achos avicha loy sigale ki es she'ero he'ero. So here we have a pasuk dealing with mother's sister, father's sister, and the pasuk warns against intimacy with them, and the intimacy is described as ha'ero, the which is under, which is known as partial contact and with through partial contact one even if it's partial contact one will have violated this particular prohibition of a of achos imoi and achos aviv vigamor says no i can't learn from the uh, insertion uh, partial insertion over there mal achos of the achos aim she came isur habo me'elov we look at Rashi, Shekain Isra Abome Elov, who Pshot Mino, Imo, Vachoso, Vito, Vichayosabhan. There are other relatives that become Usr on their own. However, Velo Tifshot Mino Arayas Hanesoroslo Machmas Kidushin. You can't compare, let us say, these kind of relatives that automatically became your relatives as opposed to people that became women that became also prohibited to you based on you, someone taking an initiative. For example, a mother-in-law. You know, how did she become prohibited to you? By your taking the initiative of marrying a woman. Her mother becomes also to you. So you can see there's a difference between the other we'll called natural relatives and those relatives or forbidden relations that are a function of your having taken the initiative. So at this point we're still seeking out a source for Ha'ara by other forbidden uh, women. Mechada lo asya from attempting to cite as precedent any one of these uh, we saw Nida, uh, we saw Eshesach and we saw Achosimo uh, Achosaviv. From any one of them, I can't derive that Hera is a problem by other relatives. And why can I not derive it? So the Gemara pointed out in each case why what was unique to Nida is unique to Nida, doesn't apply by the others. What, what, that which is unique to Eshesach doesn't apply by the others. And likewise, Achosav and Achosaim. It has its limitation. Tesi chadomitarti. Why couldn't we derive one, uh, derive the other uh, arayas, we'll say, by uh, stating, by the Torah stating two. Once again, by stating one case of hara, uh, so we saw you can't rely on stating one case because the, the one case whatever one case you cite will have its, its its unique factor why couldn't we why couldn't the Torah state two of them and from between the two let us derive the third let's even like uh, maybe just to say this to repeat the point in a more accurate fashion the Torah found it necessary to spell out Hera by Nida, by Eshesach, and by uh, Achos Eim Achos Was it necessary for the Torah to spell out 
Hearah uh, by each one of them? Couldn't the Torah have written just two cases and I'll derive the third from that? And that's now uh, what the Gemara continues with. Tesi Chado Mitarti. Derive one, let's call it uh, the third one, from stating two. Now, third doesn't mean in the order that the Gemara presented, but rather simply by stating two of the examples of how raw, the third could be figured out. So, Mehei Tesi. From which two should I attempt to derive uh, that how raw is considered uh, a bia and not state the third and it could be derived. So let's try. Let's see if, if we can accomplish that. Tesi may eshes ach let the Torah, as it does, state how raw by Eshesach, brother's wife, and mother, father, sister. The, the sister of mother or sister of father. No, that won't be effective. And by the way, if I, if I state those two, I will... In the, the Gemara is attempting to say, state those two and leave out how raw by Nidah. The, so the one says you can't, you won't be able to derive nida from them. Ma lahanoch asurim mishum she'er. Those are different because they are relatives that are called she'er. She'er are, we'll say, uh, natural family r- relatives. Uh, you wouldn't be able to derive from them, let us say, a, a married woman. The prohibition of of having intimacy with uh, with a woman married to some other man, that she's also she's forbidden, but she's not called she'er. She's not called a relative. So how would I know how raw by Ashes ish, for example? Ella tasi minida v'achos aviachosim. Let the Torah write the prohibition of intimacy, even uh, even if it's just how raw. By the case of Nidah, and by the Achosav Achosem, and I would be able to derive others from them. No, the Gemara says, Malahanoch. Once again, I can't derive others from them. Shekane, what's unique to them? Shekane, Isur Habo Me'elov. These are prohibitions that come on their own without you having taken any initiative. Nidah is uh, the natural bodily. Uh, function that the b- woman experiences a blood release uh, ba- uh, on a, on a we'll call the monthly cycle. That's not something that uh, anyone initiated. And likewise, achosav uh, you're born uh, uh, into a uh, into this world where your father happens to have a, a a sister, your mother happens to have a sister. You didn't do anything to establish that prohibition. That's an isur habame elov. There are a host of other forbidden relations, other arias, that happen only as a result of, of your having taken uh, the initiative. For example, one's mother-in-law. How did she become usher? Because you did something. You married her daughter. Or if you uh, married a wife and she has uh, a daughter. That's called uh, bas bina, or that's called uh, bita, the daughter of your wife. In order for that girl to become usher, you had to marry her mother. So, uh, you cannot rely on Nido and Achosav Achosem as a source for Hera by other forbidden relations. Ela, Tesi, Minido, V'Eshesach. 
let the Torah state Heora by Nida and Ashes Ach, and everything else would would be able to be derived from them. Demai Parches, what is there left to challenge? Any any objection that you might raise with one of them, the other one will be will serve as a response. The Gemara says, Maskiflo Rav Acho Braid Ravika Malinida Vieshesach. You can't derive other prohibitions from Nida and Eshesach because there is something unique to them that you don't find necessarily by others. Shekain Ain Lohem Heter Bechaye Oisron. There is no permission while that which prohibits them is still around. There is no no permission for them. We glance at Rashi toward the end of the Rashi commentary. Bechaye Oisron, Kol Zman Shehu Chai Vhishofas. What makes a Ashes Ach Oser, wife of brother, the fact that your brother is alive? She, his his wife, is forbidden to you. So, as long as he is alive. She is also she's forbidden with regard to the nida as long as the blood is flowing, so she is prohibited. Those are examples of people that as long as the element that prohibits them is extant, you have no access to that woman. We continue in the Gemara. Toimar biyeshes ish. Could you say, would you say the same thing with regard to a woman, a married woman? What makes a married woman forbidden to you? The fact that she has a husband. Does he have to die in order for the Ashish to become allowed to you? No. If he divorces her, so he's still around. So Eishazish is a case of an individual, the woman, has a heter, she is accessible b'chaye oisra. When that man, the husband, is still alive, if he divorced her, you can marry that woman. So, the case of, by stating heorah, by nida and eishazach, won't allow me to derive that heorah would be a problem by eishazish. Omar lay Rav Acho Midifti the Ravina. We have a starred note that we would uh, we ought to read together on the side of the Gemara. Hasimun kan mare shapircha nidcha ubekach yeshzorch lisagnein hapircha acheres. What the Gemara does right now is it's going to challenge the most recent inverted trapezoid. Atu nida v'eishesach b'chaye oisron who de'ein lo emheter avol la'achar mikan yesh lo emheter. The the way the Gemara had had structured its pircha to the uh, most recent suggestion of deriving from Nidon Eshesach, the, the language the Gemara used turns out to be inaccurate. How did the Torah describe 
uh, or the unique prohibition that you find by Nido and Eshesach, that they are prohibited leaving room for you to think that, that after Oisron they would be allowed. That's not true. Atu, let's read this in the Gemara again. Atu nido v'yeshesach v'chaye oisron hu v'yein lameter avalachar mikan yesh lameter. Is that accurate? To that, that which you implied before that nido v'yeshesach are usher only when the pro, the uh, forbidding factor is extant, but when the forbidding factor is gone, they would be allowed. That's not true. What's the forbidding factor in the case of the nida? the blood flow. Are you telling me that when the blood flow stops, she becomes muteris? That's not true. Nida, we continue at the top of Omid Beis, B'yoyimitalia milsa. Nida and her permission is dependent on days. Let's illustrate that. When the woman uh, uh, reaches her monthly cycle, she might have one day of actual blood flow. The blood flow made her ulcer. But she remains prohibited, not only on the day of the blood flow, but for the next six days as well. She is ulcer for seven days. That's the with the pa- passage of days, Talimus, the issue is dependent. So that even if the ulcer, the prohibiting factor, which was the blood, uh, stops after one day, she remains usher. Likewise, Eishes Ach, we speak about the uh, brother, brother's wife. Is it really accurate to say that the brother's wife is forbidden only when your brother is alive? That's not accurate. Even if your brother dies, but he happened to have he happened to be a man that had children. If your brother died leaving children, his wife remains usher. So that if your brother was the ushering factor, just removing him from the scene doesn't make her muteris. And that's what the Gemara means here at the top when it says, Milsa. Her uh, permissibility is totally dependent on whether he leaves children or not. Of course, if a brother died leaving no children, so then brother's wife becomes mutter. But if he left children, she remains forbidden even after the prohibiting factor, namely one's brother, dies. So, if you want to uh, make the case that you cannot learn from Nida uh, and Ashes, ah, you have to state things differently. Ella Porach Hachi. You would state the pircha as follows: Ma'alenida. The pircha is the undoing of nida and eshesach as serving as precedent for ha'ora. How would I undo it? How would I undo them as the precedent setter? Ma'alenida v'eshesach shekain ein oisron matiron toimar v'eshesish she oisra matira. In the case of nida and eshesach, whatever was the forbidding factor that does not cause permissibility. However, in the case of a, a married woman, what is the uh, uh, element that m- creates her prohibition? The fact that she's married to a husband. That very man, that husband, we'll call the, 
the restricting factor, he causes her subsequent permissibility by giving her a divorce document. So I don't, I can't assume that Ha'ora is a problem just because it's stated by Nido and Eshazach and, and, and transpose that or replicate that upon the case of Eshazish, for example. Ela Omar Rabbiyoyno Vitema Rabhuna Bre Yeshua Omar Kra. Rabbiyoyno, some versions have Rabhuna. Rabhuna is saying, the, uh, let's derive from the following Pusik. It says, Ki kol asher yase mikol this posuk appears uh, after the parsha dealing with forbidden women. Hukshu kol harayas kulan lenida. All what the Torah's intent is to compare, and when we say compare, it doesn't mean through a logical comparison. It's a scriptural comparison, and when you have a uh, a scriptural comparison, a hekish. So we don't challenge a hekish with questions. Just like nida is considered violated through mere ha'ara, partial contact, af kol ba'ara, so too all others are considered violated through even ha'ara. And so what, what do we see from this? It was necessary for the Torah to spell out Heora by Nido, namely the first posuk that we quoted in this se- section of Gemara. And that combined with this, with the Hekish, that all other Arias, all other prohibited relations are compared to the case of Nida, which was cited in the uh, Roman numeral number one. I derive the understanding that Heora is a problem by all other women. So if that is the source, what am I to do with the other psukim? We have psukim number, uh, we, that we call number two and number three. On the side of the Gemara, we have a nosei, mivnehering. You can see a diamond is featured. And we've written, me'achar, she'ara, nilmada, me'nida. Now that hera is derived from nida, ma bo'im shar ha'psukim. What is the purpose of the other psukim that were cited on an aleph? So now the Gemara goes through that. The Ella. Nida, and we should point out that the double underline uh, features the, well, the, 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 the Pusuk or the main element of the Pusuk that we had cited before, so that you see a double underline here, and it's accompanied by the diamond at the end of the line, Roman number, number 2. And in the wide lines of the Gemara, fourth wide line, you see, again, a double underline, Hera, and followed by the diamond, the case of Achosav and Achosain. Those were the other two psukim. So the Gemara asks, Why does the Torah use the word Nida in the context of Eishes Ach? Originally, we thought it was to demonstrate how uh, other arayas, other than menstrual woman, hara is also a problem. But, but I don't need that, that anymore. I have the hekish that we cited just beforehand. So what is the role of the word nida in the context of brother's wife? Answer, lechidrav huna 
it is for the sake of Rav Huna's teaching or for, through Rav Huna's teaching we'll see the, the purpose the Omar Rav Huna and here we just skip the uh, bracketed section uh, for uh, because within the brackets the language is not accurate Rav Huna says Remez Livoma Sheasura Bechaye Baila Minayin from where do we know that a sister-in-law is forbidden while her husband is alive and of course while he's alive and married to her so it's clear that she's forbidden but even if he divorces her that uh, the, the fact that she was married to your brother is enough reason for us saying that she is prohibited so for where do I know that um, you notice we have again a bracketed section uh, these brackets uh, indicate to skip the uh, contained section and right after the brackets the answer to this question will be found so we're asking where in the Torah is there an allusion to a sister-in-law being forbidden as long as her husband is alive even if he divorced her now notice we go to the first wide line after the brackets Omar Kro the Ish El Asher Yikach Es Eishes Ochiv Nidahi the Pesach says a man who takes his brother's wife unto himself well she's a Nida Vechi Eishes Ochiv Nidahi this is a by the way a long answer marking you can see we have here is it is that Pesach accurate that your brother's wife is necessarily a Nida a menstruant woman Ela Kenida rather it's a word that's positioned in the Pesach for the purposes of analogy we say that Eishes Ochiv one's brother's wife is like Anida Ela Kenida Ma Nida Af Alpi Shieshla Heter Achar Mikan even though uh, after a while after the prohibition period passes she becomes Muteras Bishas Isura Bukores when she is forbidden when the seven days have not lapsed if a man has intimacy with a nida, he is guilty of kores. Even though a uh, brother's wife uh, could be muteris afterwards, uh, when if the brother dies, let us say leaving no children, so she can become muteris. Uh, while her husband is alive, she is punished she is um, the source of a kores penalty and we indicated that means even if the uh, one's brother divorces his wife but he's still around she is also to the tune of kores so that's what I learn from the word nida in the case of Eishasach brother's wife now in the course of this morning, as everyone noticed we skipped a couple of sections so we have to go back over it what we did accomplish is to read the Gemara in its uh, full final version without encountering the, the uh, inaccuracies let us go over the Gemara again now the Gemara had we're going back to where the double underline appears under the word Nida Viela Nida Dixiva Gabi Eishesach Lomali so the Gemara answers, Huna, I need it for Ravuna's teaching. Where is there a hint in the Torah to the mitzvah of Yibom? So the Gemara asks, what kind of question is that? From where is there a hint? There's an explicit passage that says that 
if one's brother dies leaving a widow without uh, his leaving having, having had no children so you the surviving brother are to take her that's an explicit pasuk it's not some type of hint to it so what what uh, what's the role of Nida written by Yeshasaf Ella rather Remez Levoma Shasura Bachaybaila Minayan from where do we know that the Yavoma the sister-in-law's usher, while her husband is alive. And we pointed out that that means that even if he divorced, even if your brother divorced her, she remains also. From where do we know that? Now, in the brackets, we have some markings uh, on the side, under our, we have a tat no say, that's subtopic heading, din shorafuna, remez li yavoma, Shasura b'chay b'ayla im girsha achiv minayim. Then you can see that we've used a dashed underlining in the Gemara. You'll see this havlotas abitui b'chay b'ayla tezu ikur hadiyun. We're going to be highlighting that expression while her husband is alive. That's the main uh, aspect of this discussion. The triangles that appear are a ma'akav an attempt to, uh, an attempt to keep track halos efshorus lilmoid ho'iser misvara the triangle pointing up is where the Gemara tries to show that you can learn this prohibition through logic the inverted triangle is a dechiyosa is a rejection of that so right now we're focusing on from the issue of from where do we know uh, that a sister-in-law is usher as long as your brother is alive. So the Gemara answers, Hi, Svara, he. I don't need the Pusik of Nida. I could figure that out from a Svara. Nida from the fact that the Torah says, the Achar Mises Bailosharia, that upon the death of her husband, she is Mutter. Of course, if the husband, in this case your brother, left no children, so Michlal the Bakai Bailah Asur, we can derive, we can infer from that, from the very parsha of Yibum, that as long as the brother is still alive, she is prohibited. And as we said, even if he divorced her. The Gemara rejects this. The Dilma, as far as if you're gonna focus on logic, I can suggest an alternative form of logic. The Dilma, the Achar Mises Bailah, Mitzvah. Maybe there is, there is, of course, uh, room for making a contrast between and after his death. Maybe things are as follows. That after his death, so the Torah says there's a mitzvah. While he is alive, Rishus is something that's optional. She's a, maybe she is allowed as, on an optional basis. Inami, the achar misas bailo in, or possibly it's true the, the Torah says that after the brother dies you can marry your sister-in-law his widow that's true to derive uh, the prohibition while he's alive you have to uh, employ inference so it could be that the approach to the Pesach is 
that after the husband dies, after your brother dies, the wife is muteris. When he is alive, she is not. The, the wife, she might be a divorcee, she's not alive. So we're inferring the negative from the positive. The positive meaning, after his death, you should marry her. While he's alive, do not marry her. The love habo michlal say equals say the negative that is derived through the positive, through inferring from the positive. Uh, legally speaking, it's categorized as a positive command, and as such, there would be uh, no chorus to it. So that if you're going to tell me that uh, Nida, written by Aishas Ach, is to come to the conclusion that while he is alive, so the uh, wife is forbidden, but when he dies, she is muteris, that uh, method of deriving things would not be effective because the result is is that she would be uh, viol- uh, uh, only a a positive command a negative that uh, that which is negative derived from positive has the status of positive and that would not reflect chorus which in fact is the punishment associated with ashes ach therefore omar kro i need a posit to tell me this the Pesach says that when you take your sister-in-law, your brother's wife, well, she is a Nida. Is that necessarily the case? Ela Kenida, rather. She's like a Nida. Ma Nida, The nature of Nida is, is that even though eventually she becomes allowed but when she is prohibited, she's prohibited to the tune of a kores. It's a very uh, high-level violation to have relations with a nida. So too, the same can be said about Eishesach. Even though one's sister-in-law could become muteres after one's brother dies. When he is alive, so she is strictly forbidden. And not only that, but could be punished by uh, a brother-in-law having relations with his sister-in-law even if she was divorced from his brother carries with it a chorus penalty so with uh, with this understanding with uh, this the, the din of Rav Huna I understand the role of Nida by Eishes Ach uh, in simple terms the role of Nida by Eishes Ach is telling me something specific to the realm of Eishes Ach it's not like we thought earlier that it would serve as a source for for He'erah by uh, all kinds of other forbidden women. Once we said that the uh, status of He'erah is derived from the case of Nida and the fact that the, the Torah compares all other forbidden relations to Nida, why does the Torah trouble itself to use the word He'erah by Achosav and Achosaim? Uh, Achosav is one's father's sister and one's Achosem, one's mother's sister. Answer, Lichadabo Ravino Me Rava. 
the uh, answer to this question uh, is uh, revealed through Ravino's question that he poses to Rava, and the Gemara will explain itself as we go on. Hamara bezochur mahu. Ravino asks Rava, "What would be?" And this is a homosexual relationship. So one who is does ha'ara bezochur. So the if, is, is that really what Ravino is asking of Rava? Bezochur. Mishkevei isha siva. The Torah says that uh, or describes homosexual relations as mishkevei isha. And that means, just like intimacy with a woman uh, is something that uh, is accomplished, can be accomplished, and in most cases it's quite forbidden, so too with regard to the male, uh, the, uh, the, uh, male couple. So that if, and once we've established that he'ora is a problem by uh, women, so it will be a problem by two men as well. Hello, Hamaara Mahu. What about Hero done with an animal? If homosexuality is not disgusting enough, then this is all the more uh, horrific, but Halo has to has to deal with it. If a person does Hero with a behemoth, what is the din? Omar Lay Rava answers if there is no real purpose in writing by by one's father's sister or mother's sister as far as as being a problem by that's derived through the hekish that Rabbi Yonah introduced above so what does Ha'ora do scripturally when it's written by Achosav and Achosayim? So, Tenehu inyin la'ora de behema. Then have Ha'ora that's written by Achosav and Achosayim reveal that Ha'ora with the behema is something that is forbidden. As, as, a, as far as Ha'ora with Achosav and Achosayim themselves, that is understood to be Osir even without the fact that Haral is written by them but by virtue of the fact that they're compared to all other relatives as we saw above uh, in the uh, uh, name of Rabbi Yoyna so what we have seen is that the word Heora written in the Torah by Achois Av and Achois Ein is the source of Heora by Behema. And if a person would have a partial insertion with an animal, he would be guilty of bestiality. The Gemara asks, Michti, Behema equals Chayve Misois based in who? A man who engages in bestiality is subject to court execution. My taimok siv lehaora dito gabi chayve krisus. Why does the Torah write the reference to bestiality in the context of a, uh, a forbidden relationship that's not punishable by court execution? 
namely father's brother, that's father's sister, mother's sister. Those are chayvei krisus, punishable only by kores. Lichtoiv gabi misos bezdin. Let the Torah have written heora by some other like example of Nisa's based in uh, some other punishable offense by court execution the name of Nisa's based in the Nisa's based in and then I would be deriving something else namely Heora by Behemoth from something of a similar nature another Nisa's based in the Gemara answers I need the Kule Kraw Lidrasha Asi Kosiv be nami ha milsa lidrasha. Since the whole pasuk concerning achos av the achos aim is, we'll call it a a superfluous pasuk, an extra pasuk, and its presence, its entire presence, is for drasha purposes, for expansion into other matters. So too this as well. My drasha. What is the drasha that was just referred to? On the side of the Gemara, we have a no say topic heading, Achosav Sha'asura. When we speak about the father's sister as being prohibited, Davka Shehi Achos Aviv Minhoav. Is it when she is a father's sister because of their having a common father? Only gam im hi achos oviv min ho'em. Or is there a prohibition of father's sister even if they have only a mother in common? So in the larger picture we're talking about a... Uh, our interest in knowing about the grandparent. A person's son is having, in this case, relations with his father's sister. How is it his father's sister? Is it because the father and his sister have a common father? Or even if they have only a common mother, that would be enough. That's what the Gemara is going to analyze. The Gemara continues. My drasha. What is the drasha? We said that the posuk of uh, achos av and achos aim was for drasha purposes. So let's see what is that drasha. The sanya. Now here we open up with a posuk from Parshas Achrimos. That's Vayikra uh, Perik Yud Ches. We should note. Uh, just by the way, that when we made reference on Nun Dalam and Aleph, meaning on a previous Omid, to the prohibition of Achos Av and Achos Eim, we were referencing a posuk in Vayikra, Perek, Chof, and Parshas Kedoshim. So, the posuk in Achremos says, Ervas Achos Avicha Lo Segale. And the Brisa uh, uh, opens up with a deliberation. Are we to understand Bain Minhoav, Bain Minhoaim? 
that it's a father's uh, sister, whether it be from a common father or a common mother. Ata oimer bein minoav bein minoaim o eno elo minoav velo minoaim, or maybe it's a sister because the your father and this woman have a common father but there wouldn't be a chorus penalty if all they had was a common mother uh, in order to uh, illustrate the uh, these family relations we have a little diagram on the side where we indicate achos aviv so you can see uh, where we've circled the word achos, those are sisters, and in the middle there's a an av, a father, and under that you see ben. So we're interested in defining the uh, prohibition between that ben and his father's sister. On on the one hand, you can see a father's sister because they have a common mother. That's on the this in the right hand side. That's an achos minoim. On the, the left-hand circle, that's a father's sister because they have a common father. So now let's continue with trying to resolve this. V'dinhu. Dinhu indicates, let's apply logic. Chiev kan, the Torah is mechayev on father-sister here. Mechayev v'achoso. One is also guilty if he has relations with his own sister. Ma achoso. Bain min ho'av, bain min ho'aim, just like one's own sister, she is forbidden whether you have a common father or you have only a common mother with her. The uh, Rashi quotes the Posuk for one's own sister, it says, Bas avicha oi bas imcha. So just like one's own sister, it is uh, forbidden whether. It's from a common father or even from a common mother. So afkan bein min hoav bein minoim. So too, when it comes to father's sister, the same applies. Or maybe go in this direction. The Torah is mechayev tells us oh, there is an issue. There is a prohibition of father's sister. And the Torah also tells us a prohibition known as doidoso. What is doidoso? Doidoso is the wife of one's father's brother. So it's it's a it's the wife of one's father's brother. That particular prohibition applies only. You'll see if it's a father's brother from a common father, not from a common mother. Ma doidoso. Min It's a the wife of one's father's brother, but only if they have a common father. But if it's a father's brother because they have a common mother, then the wife of that brother would not be uh, prohibited uh, on the grounds of doidosai. Af kan so too so just like we say by doidoso it's a. Uh, because they have a common father and not a common mother, Afkan, so too when it comes to father's sister. By the way, not to confuse father's sister with father's brother's wife. They're two different women. So too when it comes to father's sister, <coughs> maybe 
Mino Avalo Mino Aim. So we continue next stage of analysis. Let's see to whom uh, the uh, issue of father's sister is more similar. Donin Isur Me Isur Maybe we should derive uh, a, a prohibition that comes without uh, without your uh, w- without uh, anyone taking initiative. In other words, a father's uh, sister is an iser abomeil of your your father didn't have to do anything to make her usher. But, uh And I'll derive that from the din of achoser, your own sister. You didn't have to do anything to make her usher. Just the fact that you were born uh, and she was born, that's it. The al tochiach dodoso, and don't let the case of dodoso uh, prove the matter of uh, father sister. That's different. Shein isur habomeilov. Dodoso is not an automatic prohibition. It's she is forbidden only because uh, your father's brother took the initiative of marrying her. It's an issue that comes through kiddushin, through marriage, and not through uh, simple automatic uh, family uh, relations. So, according to this uh, approach, I'm not. I'm going to uh, learn father's brother from your from your own. Uh, not, let me correct myself. You're gonna, we're going to derive father's sister from the rules that apply to your own sister. And that would tell us whether it's common, there's a common father or even if there's just a common mother. Or maybe let us apply a different logic. Let us derive rules regarding father-sister, which is a relative of father, from other known father's relatives. Your father's brother's wife. Dodoso. V'al tochiach achoso shekrovayatsmo. And do not allow achoso to prove the matter, because that's your own relative. That's She's related to you directly, not because it's a relative of your father. Talmud Lomar so as a result of logic, you see that we made no progress because each time we were saying that you could look at it this way or you can look at it that way. Therefore, we need a posuk to settle the matter. Talmud loimar, and here we have a posuk from Parshas Kedoshin, the posuk we cited on Amid Aleph, where Heora appeared. It says, "Ervas achos lo segale," and and from this we say. Bain minhoav, bain minhoem, so that your father's sister, even if they have a only a common mother, that's enough to create the prohibition. Ervas achos imcha lo and here's a another uh, relative, a new relative, your mother's sister. You shall not uh, have intimacy with her either. Bain minhoav, bain minhoem. The mother's sister is prohibited, whether it's a sister because they have a common father, or even if they have just a common mother. The Gemara asks, "Lomali lemichtevah ba'achos av 
Why does the Torah have to spell out that, uh, we'll say, parent's sister is prohibited and has to spell out by both father's sister and by mother's sister? I need them to be spelled out. The Ikos of Rachmona Bachosav had the Torah written only father's sister. She came Yeshla Chayis. Because uh, family uh, association is determined by father. And that's based on a Pusuk. If you see right across from here, Rashi cites this Pusuk. Yesh lo chayes de mishpachas av kruya mishpacha. The word mishpacha, if you translate it as family, so it's only father's family that is that is titled by the term mishpacha. Dechtiv aysialdu al mishpachoisam leves avoisam. So had the Torah informed me of the prohibition of father's sister, I would have thought that the that is the only uh, parent sister that's prohibited. But mother's sister, maybe not. Eimolo, I would say not. It's not prohibited. The of Rachmona Bachos Eim had the Torah written that one's mother's sister is prohibited. Shekain Vadoyis, because you can you can know with certainty who your mother is. Uh, people are can be witness when uh, you are born and coming forth from that particular woman. No one can know with certainty that one's father is in fact one's father. So, the sister of that man, of what you think is your father, maybe maybe it, uh, she's not. Therefore, the Torah has to tell me, even by father, father's sister is also prohibited. Now we uh, focus on the relative known as Dodosa, one's father's brother's wife. <clears throat> she was referenced above. You can see we have a little star that you can connect this where we saw it earlier. The Dodosa, the Pshitale Latana, the Minoav, Minole. We said above in the Brisa that Dodoso is a problem. Father's brother's wife is a problem only if it's <coughs> the wife of one's father's brother because they have a common father, not a common mother. How does the Tana, the author of that Tanaic source, know this? Omar Rava, Asya, Doidoi, Doidoi. There's a word comparison that leads us to this conclusion. Sivacha Ervas, Dodo, Gila. That's what it says regarding the uh, erva of Doidoso. Uksivhasam. It, it, it says elsewhere this has to do with a this other postage has to do with a Jew that had been sold to a Gentile uh, family to be enslaved to them the Torah speaks about his being redeemed that the uh, Jew's family redeems him from his servitude so it says in that context oi doi doi oi ben doi doi yigolenu whether it's dodo or it's ben dodo the uh, 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 redeem him from his servitude. Just like in that parsha, that section <coughs> that deals with redemption from, from servitude, it's a relative because they have a common father, not a common mother. 
so too it's so too in the case of Arias in the forbidden relations it's a wife of one's father's brother because they have a common father not because of a common mother the Hassam and Olan and there in the Parsha of redemption from servitude how do you know that those relatives of Dodo which is a father's brother or father's brother's child it's because your father and he have a common father alone and not common mother but the Hassam and Olan how do you know and there how do you know that Omar Kro mi mishpachtoi yigolenu. That is has to do, has to do with a, a member of one's mishpacha will redeem him. And we know mishpachas av kruya mishpacha, mishpachas aim eino kruya mishpacha. And that we saw before in the Rashi that we read, where it said the mishpachaisam, the vesavaisam. That the the concept or the institution of mishpacha is when it's from your father's side, not your mother's side. The Hadisnan. Uh, we have a Tanaic source that uh, pre- uh, presents uh, a case dealing with Achos uh, Ishto, one's wife's sister. Since we're discussing sisterhood, so now we'll talk a little bit about one's uh, wife's sister. The case itself will be self-explanatory as we go on. Omrulo, a man was informed, Meso Ishtacha, your wife died. Finosa Achosa Me'aviha. And you went and had a married your wife's sister, that your wife and this woman have a common father. Two women born from common father but different mothers. Meso, then he was told, she died. And then you married her sister that have together a common mother. And he was informed she died when he married her sister from a common father. And then he was told that she died. And then he was uh, and then he went and married her sister through a common mother and now the uh, main aspect of this story is not in the words but you have to, and we wrote it between the lines they then informed him that all the women are alive to appreciate this Rashi uh, explains in detail with names uh, the example we have a little chart under the on the lower part of the page you can see uh, numbers underneath women's names um, uh, uh, Milka, Rivka, Saril, Cheventina those are women one through five that a man marries so a man had married Milka and he had, was informed that she died he then, in mar- then went and married Rivka now Rivka and Milka have a common father that's Achosa Me Ovia and then when he was informed that Rivka died he went ahead and married Sora Sora and Rivka have a common mother and so on and so forth <clears throat> then it's revealed that all the women are still alive the Brisa goes on Mutter Borishona Ubishlishis Ubichamishis 
he is allowed to remain with uh, uh, Milka, Sora, and Dina. Those are the those are numbers one, three, and five. You'll notice if you uh, concentrate on the chart uh, that number lady number one and number three are not related to one another whatsoever. So he can re- he had married Milka and she's still alive. There was nothing preventing him from the outset of ever marrying Sora. The the marriage to Rivka never took effect because Rivka was Malka's sister. You can't marry your wife's sister. But the marriage to Sora was legitimate. The marriage to Yochevet was not legitimate because she is Sora's sister. But Dina was okay. Dina was is not related whatsoever to Sora. The uh, Raisa goes on to tell us, Upotros Sorosehen, and Rashi explains this on the bottom line, Upotros Sorosehen, Imes Vecholtsu Hoachim Laachas Mehen, Potros Sorosehen. On the chart, we don't have the man that married them, but if that man who married these women dies, so his brother can do chalitza with one of them, and the rest are released. They're all co-wives of his brother. So that potros, so that means the chalitza done with one of them, will free the co-wives to marry whomever they want. The Osir Bishniyavirvias and women's, women two and four in our example are forbidden as we explained, those are sisters to your wife. V'ein bias achas mehen poteras tsarasa. And in the event that the uh, fellow who married them dies, and he has a surviving brother, and he has relations with uh, two or with four, that will not release the other women from their Yibum connection because the women two and four are women that the deceased brother should not have married in the first place. There was no Tfisa's Kedushan. They weren't his wives. So the surviving brother who does uh, Yibum or intimacy with them is not doing intimacy with his deceased brother's wife at all. V'im bo al li'achar Mutter Vishniya Buravias. If he would, uh, if let us say that uh, woman number one really died, and he then uh, married uh, woman number two, so uh, that is a good marriage, and he would be allowed to be with Rivka and with Yocheved number four. And that's what the Brisa means when it says Mutter Bishnir Ravias, Upotrosorosan, and as we explained before, if uh, after he legitimately married Rivka and Yochevet, uh, uh, relations by the surviving brother with one of them, or let's say Chalitza done with one of them, would release the other. The Osir Bishlishis Ubachamishis. After marrying two, he can't marry three. And after having married four, he would, wouldn't be allowed to marry five. 
Now, what do we see in this story? The Gemara continues at the top of Nun Hayyamun Aleph. Alma, we see from this, Achois Ishto, when we speak about one's wife's sister. It could be your wife's sister, Bain Minoav, Bain Minoaim, Asuros. Whether it's a sister because your wife and, the, and, the, and her sister have a common father, or even if they have just a common mother, they are forbidden. You can't marry your wife's sister under any circumstance. Minolon. So, from where do we know that? Yolif me'achoso. We will learn the din that regard that has relevance to your wife's sister from the din that regards your own sister. Just like your own sister is forbidden, whether it's because you have a common father or you have just a common mother. Afkan, so too with regard to wife sister, bain minoav, bain minoaim. Your wife sister will be also, even if they are sisters only because they have a common mother or if they have a common father. Let us emphasize, even if they have just a common mother. Question, the leilif mi why not learn the halacha of wife sister from the halacha of doidoso? Ma doidosoi minoav, alo minoaim. We spent time on Nun Dalid Ahmed Bey's showing, demonstrating this, that Dodoso is uh, one's father's brother's wife. She is a forbidden relative only if it's your father's brother through a common father, not a common mother. Afkan, so too when it comes to your wife's sister, Minhoav Velo Minhoaim. So let Dodoso be the uh, precedent for wife's sister. The Gemara response, It's more likely that we will learn the din of wife's sister from the din of your sister. Because they, you have, you have a, a common, or you have a commonality between your own sister and your wife's sister. So, just, they are your own relatives. They're Relatives, they're they're forbidden through you, not through, uh, not through your father. Uh, there's a Rashi, three, uh, four lines from the top. Where there's a star appears. Achos isha, krove atzmo chashiv la. The your wife's sister is considered your own relative. She machmas atzmo neesra olav. She became also because of something you did. Velo machmas oviv, and not something that your father had done. To the exclusion of that woman, the Doidosoi, the Kroivas Oviv He. She is a relative that's also to, but through your father. Let's continue in the Gemara. Adarabo, the squiggle underlined word at the end of the line, Adarabo. Mi Doidoso means to the contrary. Learn the Dina of wife's sister from Doidosoi. What do they have in common? Shikain Dovar Ayadei Kidushin Midovar Ayadei Kidushin. Both of those became also because marriage was done. Your wife's sister is a problem because you married your wife. Your father's brother's wife is also because your father's brother married her. So they have that in common, whereas your own sister isn't a function of marriage. Ella? Rather, we're going to learn 
your wife's sister from the din concerning your brother's wife. What is the din of your brother's wife? Well, your brother's wife is also, whether it's a brother to you through a common father, or even if it's a brother to you through a common mother. To Shekane, what is the advantage of learning from brother's wife, Eishasach, to the case that we are dealing with, wife-sister? Shekane, the Shekane Dover Ayadei Kedushim, both of these relatives have the have in common that they became usher through the act of condition, the act of marriage, not through mere birth. Ukroive atzmo, and Eishesach, it's your brother's wife, is considered your own relative, like one's wife's sister, it's your own relative, and not through through uh, one's father. The Gemara, as it continues, it's a, a rather long discussion, continues with regard to this new relative called Eishas Ach, Gufam in Alan, when we speak about your wife, your, your uh, brother's wife, it's your brother, whether you have a common father, or even if you have a just a common mother, that man's wife, your brother's wife, will be forbidden. And how do we know that? So that will be the Hemshech of the Gemara. So hopefully what we're saying now serves as an introduction, as a lead into the next shiur.